Great to have your company on the Big Sports Breakfast. Huge headlines overnight, most of them in regards to the Australian Open. Results-wise, Alcaraz winning through. Daniel Medvedev was too good. The number three seed progresses. He won in four sets and now faces Poland's Hubert Herkatz. Zverev was too good for Norrie. That was a fantastic match and makes his way through to the quarterfinals. And I mentioned Zheng, the number 12 seed. Was too good. Six three six love against Ocean Dodan. Matty Ebden continues to go through. That's in the men's double seven six seven six. He progressed with Rohan Bapana, his partner there. The Brisbane Heat, well, the 140, including 100 of 41 balls for Josh Brown, was too good for the Adelaide Strikers, so they progressed to the final. They venture from the Gold Coast to the SCG to play tomorrow night, 7.15. They get underway against the Sydney Sixers. And on the cricket front, sort of the cricket front, six and out were playing there at the Gulf in Adelaide, and Glenn Maxwell's got himself into a bit of a pickle, taken to hospital in an ambulance after an incident there on the grog by the sounds of things the 35 year old taken to the RAH and he didn't stay in hospital overnight according to reports he was released that night and by all reports he's already back training that said Cricket Australia is aware of the incident we'll be investigating it I don't know how much of that will be revealed to us probably very little but he's still expected to feature in next month's T20 series against the West Indies. So that's just a quick recap across some of the headlines. Uh, Broncos skipper Adam Reynolds has been in the headlines, but by the sounds of things, the scans have cleared him. And from an NFL side of things, two-time MVP Patrick Mahomes helped Kansas City to a six-straight AFC Championship game as the Chiefs pip the Buffalo Bills. So Joe Lolly is our next guest. We've got Kath Cox a little bit later on as well, but a warm welcome to the Sydney FC midfielder, who, as I understand it, Joe, congratulations are in order with a new contract and, of course, a 4-0 win against the Newcastle Jets. It's been a pretty good week. Yeah, uh, pretty good week and, and happy to get everything sorted and, and be staying here for a, for a few more years, yeah. It's been great to have you in the country, but you're clearly happy to make Australia home. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's got to be one of the most beautiful places in the in the world, and um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky to to call this home at the moment. And yeah, I, I'm not complaining about life. Joe, what about the team, uh, the Sky Blues? How are you guys going at the moment? How do you feel? Again, you you creep back into that top six, which is a, a good place to be. But where do you think the team's at at the moment? Yeah, we, you know we've won four of the last five, so so we're in pretty pretty good form. But you know we feel we've we've still got you know a lot more to give. Um, had a few injuries, which is mm. which has been frustrating. But um, yeah, I think I think the only way for us is, is up at the moment, and, and we're getting better and better as the weeks go on. The manager must have been happy after the game against Newcastle because I read before the game he was talking about how you had to be more clinical in front of goals, and you did that by putting four in the back of the net. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was our first first clean sheet of, of the season as well. So um, all round, it, it went pretty much how how we wanted it to go so yeah first first time in a while I think he's been pretty pretty satisfied after the game yeah, given he came in you know just after the season started do you feel like you're starting to understand him better and him understanding you better yeah it's it's, it's always hard when a manager comes in you know he, during the season because it's difficult for for them to get their ideas it hasn't you know, you haven't got 12, 13 weeks of pre-season to, 
to work on things. So, you know, it always takes time to, you know, to get that understanding. But, you know, week by week, it, it's getting better and better. And, yeah, as, as I said, hopefully it can continue and we, you know, we sort of peak, you know, for, for when the season comes to its end. I can't help but notice, Loz, that you failed to refer to his manager's mm. name. Is there any reason for that? Uh, well, I don't want to stuff it up. <laughs> Just give it a go. <laughs> no. He's got his notes in front of him. No. Just give it a go. No. no. Mr. Tallet. Mr. Is it Tallet. To you. Yeah. Okay, mm. fair enough. The big blue is coming up. We might have a big blue in here if this <laughs> continues. It's lucky I'm here only on the short term, Joe. Uh, so this is the third instalment, and you guys need to get a bit of bragging rights here. Yeah, um, it's not been the, uh, you know, we, we've, we've lost twice to them this season and it's the difference between between where they are in the table and where we are. So, mm. yeah, this is a huge game for us and, and, yeah, we need to get one out of them. Joe, how important, again, we talk about, um, you know, momentum and it goes both ways. Sometimes, you you know, you turn up the training, you feel like you're doing everything right, you just can't seem to get that win. But then the other side, you get momentum, you get a roll on. As you mentioned, you're playing good footy. How important is that going into this time of the season for you boys? Yeah, huge. Um, you know, just that, as, as you say, things just seem to click into place a lot better. You have that natural confidence, that natural, you know, almost swagger on the pitch that mm. that you know things are things are going well, things are going right and and it sort of seems to just grow on the pitch and it's hard to always, you know, put a put the finger on why that is, but yeah, for sure when when, when things are going right it makes, it makes things so much easier and you know, as you say, we we want to end the season strongly and you know, obviously finals is is what everything's about. So if we can go into that in a, in a strong position then you know, there's no reason why we we can't do something special. I wonder, and I'm really keen to get your thoughts, Joe, as somebody who's made his way to Australia and probably seen in the news, the A-Leagues pretty much had to go through a bloodletting phase. There wasn't enough revenue. People were let go. Uh, there's been a, a bit of negativity towards the competition and this season so far. As a player, how do you think that's going to impact trying to attract new players such as yourself to come here? And how do you sort of see the future of the sport when it comes to the A-Leagues here in Australia? Um, it's, it's, it's hard to say because obviously, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know everything that's happening behind the scenes and um, whatnot. From from what I have, you know, been told, it's... it's Far less negative than what than what it's portrayed, and it's something that was you know a bit of a reset button to try and you know help over the for for in the future. So um, you know, I've been told nothing nothing especially to worry about or anything like that, and it is something that's needed and then will hopefully help help grow the game. Um, you know, so as, as far as I'm concerned, you know, on the pitch, you know, the standard is constantly improving, and um, you know the the facilities here are great. The stadiums are beautiful, and and, and the teams and, and the players and the quality of players, especially the young players coming through, is getting better and better. And you know, hopefully that keeps growing. And you know, especially the more players that are able to go over to Europe and, and make an impact as well, will I think will will help grow the game a lot. There is there was clearly some trimming of the fat that was required. I did read a, a statement from the Mariners boss, uh, Richard over there, Richard Peel. He said that there were some 40-plus staffers, so they kind of needed a 
a cost-reducing restructure simply because he had a look at the Scottish Premiership, for example, and it was being run by 18 to 20 people. So clearly they've had a look at that and decided, right, we've we've got a little bit of fat to trim here. It, it, that's probably taken the, the human element out of it. But from a business side of things, that's how they saw it. But you wouldn't have any problem by the sounds of it suggesting for for players from back home to come here to Australia and I wonder you briefly mentioned there about uh, players here aspiring to play in Europe are there any in your team or across the competition you've seen that you thought your future is abroad as opposed to here yeah I mean to be honest come up against a lot of you know talented young players you know pretty consistently I remember um you know, Jordy Boss at Melbourne City last year and he has gone over to Belgium and um, you know, we we've got a lot of good young players as well and we, you know we've got uh, Jake Gerwood Reich at the moment, he's played he's played every game this season and he's you know, he's a really big talent and he's got a great mentality as well. So, you know, it's 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 about them, you know, being able to, to put a run of games together here consistently, probably for a few years and you know, and learn from, you know, a lot of the senior boys and maybe the international boys who have played abroad and you know hopefully when they go over to you then you know they're well prepared and, and ready for that for that next step so um yeah you know it's exciting i think whenever you see you know lads go over and and get that opportunity because you know it's it's only going to help you know grow the game here and i think you know it's it's such a such a beautiful country and and such a great place you know to live and, and i've got no bad words to say in terms of if the football here it's you know it's really enjoyable so um yeah I'd, I'd always you know recommend to to give this experience a go to anyone from from abroad to, to come and try are you just uh, i mean you hop on this show and we just discuss football but out of interest cricket doesn't happen to be a passion does it uh i actually played played a lot of cricket when i was growing up and and you know been to a few of the you know, the big bash games this year and um so yeah, to be fair, still still follow cricket and you know yeah, still watch Adam mate who played for the for the Renegades in the Big Bash as well. So um where I where I I lived in Nottingham, uh, when I played back home and uh, that was a pretty pretty big sport, uh, cricket county as well. So yeah, pretty Fair fan, not not an expert, but yeah, I do enjoy my cricket. Well, I had a simple question for you to finish off, if you don't mind. Bearstow yeah. out or not out? Uh, out. Good. Oh, good man. <laughs> Maybe we have converted you. Out. <laughs> have to be fair. You know how to win us over. Joe, best of luck on the weekend, of course, against Melbourne, but uh, for the rest of the season as well, up to sixth, and let's hope that run continues. Thank you very much. Take care. This is the Big Sports Breakfast. Laurie Daly, Michael Clark, and Ben Way taking you through the morning. And we can add another name to that list. Kath Cox is on the line, a netball legend. A lot to discuss when it comes to the Diamonds and their recent successes. Uh, still mid-tournament, so a lot to play out on that front. But looking good uh, for another title assault. Kath, good to chat to you. I haven't seen you in quite a while, actually. It's I nice know. to going Ben. Well, we haven't been at the races together for a long time, but uh, no, yeah, really good. I mean, Queensland on holidays, milking it until the very last drop until I need to get back to Sydney. You might have missed yesterday. We had heroes and villains, and before we get to the Diamonds, uh, one thing that has irked me is this $15 million grant for Collingwood, and they've 
they they went on to social media and they talked about how they had a new revamped training facility and the boys in their AFL squad were talking about how brilliant it was. It looked remarkably like a, a netball stadium, <laughs> almost as if they took $15 million from a government grant, built a netball stadium, converted it to a footy training facility and just took the money and ran. Please, Interesting. Let, am I getting wound up for no reason? Well, no, there was a reason the girls were training on that specifically purpose-built course right in the middle there. Plenty of photos online that you can see them doing that right throughout uh, um, their existence. So, yeah, interesting. But, um, you know, they say that it was um, a multi-purpose arena and it was for everybody. So there you go. Well, they don't exist anymore. So it's not going to be for them, is it? Yeah, anyway, I get a little bit wound up, you know that. Uh, talk to us about the Nations Cup. So the Aussies are two from two? Yeah, they had a really good start. Started with a massive 13-goal win over New Zealand, over the Silver Ferns. The Ferns aren't quite at their best. They've got a few of their top players, including their captain, out. But nonetheless, a 13-goal win, a good start. The real challenge for them, though, came in game two, and that was up against England, who they took on in that World Cup final. Well, it was close. Australia, great in the first half. England came back at them and found themselves in the lead in the third quarter. But um, Australia just started doing world champion things and cruised in that last quarter, got themselves a two-goal win. So they were pushed, but good to see that they, you know, kept their medal and got on, got the job done. They now will face Uganda next weekend and then they'll go in and play the play the final. So they were at two games in London. They now move to Leeds and play the final two games. But um, Uganda will give them a run for sure, but they shouldn't have any issues with them. Happy New Year, Kath. Great to speak to you again. Uh, given that the Silver Ferns, they're dropped away a little bit. Um, the English, uh, are they just the, the team that Australia should play in the final? Yeah, yeah, they absolutely yeah. will be. I think they've built beautifully. They've kept the majority of their team from that World Cup. I think they're only minus one player. Um, and it's a team that's going to be together for a long time. Although, having said that, the Australian Diamonds will be as well. They're quite young sides, really, um, if you look at the both of them. So what's going to be really interesting is this next two years is their building block, and then we head into the next campaign of a Commonwealth Games and a World Cup straight after it. So... This is when they'll build, this is when they'll raise the bar and they'll work on all those little extra tweaks that they can get out of their current squads. I think they'll keep those current squads but really try and work on them. So four years' time or even three years' time when they hit that next Commonwealth Games gold medal, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what England can produce. They beat them once at the World Cup just recently and thought that was... um, I think it was a sign of their immaturity still. They carried on, uh, you know, like they had won the World Cup and they'd only just beaten them in the round. So um, needless to say, they lost that World Cup final. Uh, But this will be another step for them, I think, and to see where they're they're at with their maturity. Kath, what about domestically? Uh, The Super Netball teams are in their pre-season. Where are all the teams at in regards to the players' pay dispute? Is everyone past that? Is everyone focused on moving forward? And more importantly, are both parties happy? Yeah, Clarky, it's such a great point because the Australian Diamonds, I think, also played so well in that opening game because it's the first time they'd come together as a team to play without the pay dispute going on and the stresses of that going on around them. Mm. That had all been signed. They're all then signed on with their clubs for this season. They're all now very relaxed about their futures. And I think we saw that reflected in what was put on court for the Australian Diamonds in game one. Um, Completely different story now. These poor athletes going through the ringer, but 
it's been really interesting since that pay dispute was all sorted and they started to, a team started to announce players, where some players have ended up. Mm. And a couple of the biggest moves was the Australian captain who was 10 years with the Melbourne Vixens and the captain of that side moved to the Sunshine Coast Lightning. Also, Courtney Bruce, the captain of the West Coast Fever and a, um, a bit of a stalwart in the Australian Diamonds, also gone to the same club. So I'm sure I wasn't the only one with my calculator out doing the numbers on how all that was playing out. Um, Cass, you reckon on a couple of those decisions, they made that move based on the unknown? Just thinking, rightio, we don't know what's going to happen here. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. Could have either been family reasons or wanting to live in a certain part of, of Australia. Or do you think it was there was conversations being had and, like you say, the calculator was out and some big money's been spent? Oh, 100% there's big money being spent. But I think you've also got a point because they may be toward the end of their career. I yeah. got to that point where I thought, you know what, I need to milk this for all it's worth because yeah, I'm sure. not going to be around that much longer. Um, but also, you know, Liz Watson in particular has been very open and honest about the fact that she felt she had plateaued a little under the same coach for mm. 10 years at the Melbourne Vixens, and that team in itself hadn't gone any better. So she's made that decision because she wants to get more out of herself. Um, and as the captain of the Australian team, I think we're all applauding that decision. Big move. Yep. Um, but it means they've now got their current captain up there, Steph Wood, who was also part of that Australian lineup. The current Australian captain and Courtney Bruce, who was the leader of the West Coast Fever, what do you do for leadership now? So it's going to be some big decisions to be made up there by their coach. What about the new team, the Melbourne Mavericks, uh, Kath? I mean, how have they recruited? Because you probably need them to have a good first up year. You need them to have a cracking year. And looking at some of the recruits they've gone for, I think that'll happen. So... Their coach is the English ex, um, English coach in Tracy Neville. She's been picked up. One of the greatest coaching minds going around. No surprises. The first player she nabbed was an English teammate of hers, and that was Elle Cardwell. So you guys may remember Elle Cardwell was the recruit for the Adelaide Thunderbirds last year. She was the star that won them the premiership last year. So... You know, the Adelaide Thunderbirds thought they were going to go on this big, you know, back-to-back campaign. She's been nabbed by Tracy Neville. Um, she'll head to the Mavericks. And they've picked up an English uh, international teammate of hers in Sasha Glasgow, also from the West Coast Fever. So they've, they've poached a few great players. But Tracy Neville's very smart. She's also picked up a few peripheral players that were maybe not always on court, but there or thereabouts. Um, either that or the budget didn't allow for anything else. But we'll, we'll see how that one works. <laughs> Hey, Kath, every time I hear your voice, it makes me smile. But I was just smiling to myself then, thinking about our last interaction, which sadly was a few years ago. And I know you've just remembered what it was. So for those unaware, Kath is a netball legend and pundit, but she also sees herself as a little bit of a Cupid, a little bit of a matchmaker. Oh, really? Yep, yep. And she threw a, a friend under the bus suggesting that maybe I should uh, launch a line of inquiry. Right. As it turns out, yeah. I'd just started dating Maddie, so yeah. ultimately that wasn't to be. And thankfully, her, her friend, who shall remain nameless, has also gone on to find love. But my thoughts yeah. are maybe, maybe you could help someone else on the panel here with some 
<laughs> Cupid tree. Maybe shoot your oh, love arrow. Loz is, no, Loz is, hang on. Loz is a day away from 25 years married, and I'm very happily single. So I don't know who I don't know who else you're talking about. But you're on the wrong program, buddy. What's Jared got going on? Mido is turning this into love island. You're hosting the wrong show, buddy. Correct. 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 Actually, what channel is that? Shoot that love arrow at me as well. I'm happily single as well, but it's been a minute. Yeah. No, it's been <laughs> nothing wrong with it either, Cass. It's a good place to be, happily single. It is a great place yeah. to be, but you get very comfortable here, Clarkie. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't mind that either for now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good thing for me. <laughs> Cass, low key. <laughs> we love you. We'll chat soon. Take care, guys. See ya. Hope you've enjoyed a fantastic morning. We've had a, a great show. Kath Cox was brilliant. Joe Lolly, great to hear from the Sydney FC midfielder and brilliant news that he's now re-signed sixth and hoping to improve his team in the Big Blue coming up on the weekend. Sebastian Hutch was on to talk all things English bloodstock. Adam Pengilly, Sean Abbott, Jared Daffy, Roger Rashid, Brad Davidson. The list goes on, Laurie Daly. That's uh, been a lovely few hours. It certainly has, Benny. Um, I still can't get over Josh Brown last night, 140. It was the headline act, wasn't it? That was one act, of the it? best innings I've seen in a long time. Clean hitting from a guy who's new but not young. And we've subsequently learned, and I'm sure plenty out there knew already, he has his own bat brand. Yeah. He was playing with his own bat. It was a fantastic advertisement, 12 sixes. A 20-odd fours and 100 of 41 balls, ultimately finishing on 140 as his Brisbane Heat proved way too good for the strikers. They might uh, even promote this game as state versus state, that state of origin feel. Does anyone night. care as you know. much about the state versus state as WA? I feel as though if the Perth Scorchers are in, it's they always state it like versus that. state. Yeah, yeah, yeah but no, Queensland, New South Wales, great rivalry in yeah, any sport. True. In any sport. Um, obviously Mostly more yours. so in rugby league because mm. of the, the state of origin. But no, I, I reckon in, in cricket you'd have it as well. That was, that was yeah. my biggest rivalry yeah. plan. New South Wales v Queensland was yeah. still the, the number yeah. one. Yeah, Everyone comes for New South Wales. I get that. Mm. You know, whether you're Victorian, WA, mm. um, South Australian, Queensland, you, you always want to beat New South Wales. Yeah. But New South Wales, their, their greatest rivalry is against Queensland yep. in most sports. Yep. Do you guys, I'm interested to get your thoughts, given you're both from New South Wales, but do you guys... I'm going to be a Queensland in me. Yeah? I love Noosa. Oh, that's it's my favourite spot in the world. Scar. Well, favourite spot in the country. Well, it wasn't for 12 months. Always, ha- oh, well, I'd, no, well, obviously, I'd... Yeah. I, I lo- it is my favourite place in Australia to holiday. I don't think I could live there. Not anymore. Well, no, nothing to do with <laughs> last year or the year before. No, I like my, well, my sisters just moved there, so hmm. it's it's just I don't know. It suits like I think about we we all majority of our family holidays growing up was we did a lot of trips to Port Macquarie and Coffs Harbour, and I don't know why, but Noosa reminds me so much of my vacations as a kid with mum and dad and my sister, and my sister says the same, hence why she's moved there, so yeah, it's a shame that <laughs> what happened there, but Matt, I'll, I, I love it there, and, and I've said openly on this program, I would love to do our winters here, I don't think there's anywhere better in the world than Queensland. In a, in a winter, in an no. Australian winter, because you've still got unbelievable weather, outside all day, can still swim at the beaches. Mm. It's just, 
Winter is perfect up there. Uh, well, I, I like Noosa. You spend time up there as well, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I think it's a, a wonderful spot. Um, but anywhere in the winter where you get some sun, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy. And, and, not too and much we I mean, don't have in this country. 20 to 21 degrees oh, during winter is perfect. Heaven. The reason I bring up your allegiances, yep. do you guys believe in the theory, and I know Jared doesn't, and he gets wound up about it. Do you believe in the theory that it's easier to be picked for your country having been born in New South Wales? Whoa. Let's talk cricket first. Well, and then, no, I'm, then my, my straight answer is no. And, and I'll only say this because my father instilled that in me. When I started at Western Suburbs at 13, Bankstown was the club to be at. It had all the, the superstars. And I was advised as a young player if I wanted to play for New South Wales in Australia, I needed to play at Bankstown. I took that to my dad and, mate, my old man refused to hear me. He said, mate, I'm telling you now, young man, if you're good enough, you'll make it from wherever you play. You are not leaving Western Suburbs. And it was conversation over. So I, I, I straight away, it, it's no way. I think you make enough runs, take enough wickets, you can make it from where city, country, doesn't matter. But when you look at... Uh, the success of Australian cricket over a long period of time, that statement when New South Wales cricket is strong, Australian cricket is strong, is very true. When you look at the current Australian team, I think there's six, seven New South Wales players in that Australian team. But I would still like to think that it should not matter where you play, which school you go to, what colour you are, what hairstyle you got, how many diamond rings or tattoos you wear, what beer you drink. If you're good enough, you're good enough. Every state is very parochial about their own. For sure. And I reckon because New South Wales have had players, and over time, some of those players that have missed out from New South, uh, from other states, and there's been a New South Welshman in the team, that's where it's come from. And I think of, say, um, a Brad Hodge or maybe a Stewie Law or someone like yep. that that was... They were very, very good players. Brilliant and doing, players. And doing excellent Brilliant. work at state at shield level. Yeah, but couldn't but get just selected. Couldn't get yeah. selected. And yep. there was, uh, yeah, the Wall Brothers. Like, how could you put Steve or, or, or Mark out? Yeah. I, I, you think, know, like, um, I think that's the other thing as well that we always talk about. We always talk about someone being selected at the highest level because they've been performing so well, which is awesome. But you've got to drop someone. So, you know, if, if, if Mark War or Steve War or, um, well, there's a, million, there's a million different players. And through that era, it was a lot different as well. You had, you know, uh, Jimmy Ma, Stuart Law. Mate, Michael Bevan averaged 65 in, in state cricket. Like all these guys, Brad Hodge, these guys had amazing first-class numbers. Mark Jamie Siddons, yeah. like they, they yeah. just they couldn't get in because of how good the Australian yeah. team was. But Buff, Buff was averaging sixty yeah. first class cricket. Yeah, uh, but it, I feel like Jamie guys. Cox, mate, Cox is a wonderful yeah. player. So uh, David Udo, yeah, I feel as though as uh, uh, that era was hard to get into that was. Australian team. I feel as though as being from SA, uh, you're right. You're always going to look at it with rose coloured glasses. I, I think most batsmen in South Australia were almost immediately dismissed because Adelaide Oval was considered. A road a with a carpet. And so if you average 55, they'd say, well, you should. It's Look at the deck. You should average 55. Well, I think the other thing that's forgotten as well or not, not understood enough because you need to play for it a period of time to actually understand it. Interna the biggest challenge in international cricket isn't that 
uh, the bowlers are better. When I when we go play Bangladesh, the bowlers are not better in the Bangladesh team than they are in the Queensland team. So playing state cricket, you would say it's harder than playing Bangladesh. Mm. No, that's not how international cricket works. It's playing all around the world. So facing a Bangladesh bowler in Bangladesh mm. is very different to facing a Bangladesh bowler at the Adelaide Oval True. or the Gabba. So international cricket, you nearly need to play the circuit to then work out, wow, batting in India is very different to batting in Australia. Batting in England is very different to batting in Australia. And that's the challenge of international cricket. If you just play in Australia all the time against all these touring countries, mate, our domestic cricket is just as hard as international cricket if we're playing in Australia the whole time. But it's going around the world and having success. That's your greatest challenge. We'll discuss uh, Maxi in two ticks because that was one of the huge headlines from overnight. But I just want to go through a couple of the texts. And I did see this one from Wall from Scone. Morning, boys. Love the show. Tip for today, Black Caviar's son racing at sale today. Race six, number two. The horse he's talking about is I Am Caviar. If there's a better bred horse going around today than a son of I Am Invincible out of Black Caviar, I'd be absolutely stunned. Second up from a break for Moody and Coleman. Billy Egan in the saddle. Currently the second elect behind Miss Icelandic. So that's the tip from Wall at Scone. Agree with Clarky Noosa is the bomb. Love having a beer and a pump with him at the surf club. Been to the, the surf factor. club a stack of times. Yep. Good spot. Right on the water. Got to say, good feed as well. So yeah, good part of Noosa. Hey, very quickly, for those who missed it earlier, I did ask you about Maxi and, and what's transpired there in Adelaide. We're starting to rack them up a little bit. I love Maxi, both as a player well, and socially. I think let's start, let's start on, uh, let's find out more information. I, I, think, I think the perception from what we're reading, um, it, does, it looks like, obviously, alcohol's played a part to, to have to be put in an ambulance that makes me nervous if it was a golf day a lot of sun maybe you know what i don't know but I, yeah. again i with these sort of things off the field stuff i like to go benefit of the doubt innocent until proven guilty one thing i do know is cricket australia will get to the bottom of it these days no matter where you go there's cameras there's people so the truth will be told um the other thing as well that i think we've got to be careful of is making sure he's okay like i know he didn't end up spending the night there but i can't think of too many Actually, I can't think of a time where I've had to call an ambulance or an ambulance had to be called for me, no matter how drunk I was. No. So I'm, I'm worried, is there more to this? And I just hope he's okay, like I say, first and foremost. But, yeah. He's probably just had a big night. But that's my question. Well, have yeah. you ever had a big night and needed to go in an ambulance? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. If he's been out playing golf all day and he's been drinking and then he goes to a nightclub and he's drinking there. Yeah. Right. I'm Ambulance? Very, well, possibly not, but someone might have seen him there and thought he's, he might have been sitting there. He might have been, I don't know, not having yeah, I don't know. himself I, together. If and, there's no ambulance, they, I'm, I'm 100% thought, well, agreeing with you. This bloke needs to, yeah. needs to go. Yeah, now, okay. I don't know whether he's fallen over and hit his yeah, head. Yeah, well, no, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Like, so, something like that could have happened. Yeah. You know, he might have cut himself, yeah. you know, fallen over. Yeah. You, you don't know. I agree. But... I, I could imagine that it, the other thing is they well, will get to the bottom of it. They'll find out. But I can only imagine if you're starting drinking <laughs> on a golf course a early day. in the day and then you're kicking on yeah. at a nightclub, and, what and are you going to be like? The other thing, it's because Maxie had 
he, he did his did his knee, I think, and was out for nearly twelve months with the with the issue at a mate's house. And then he did, and he then broke his leg. Broke his leg. Sorry. And then he had the golf cart incident recently. So I think because there's been a couple of incidents in the last twelve months or two years, it's it's another thing. But again, in those two incidences, we've been told that alcohol wasn't related. So uh, it's a big call to say, you know, I think there was a headline is he got an issue with alcohol. So I just think let's just start with benefit of the doubt and I'm sure we'll find out a lot more over the next 48 hours. Um, and yeah, hopefully he's okay. It was positive news in regards to the Broncos skipper, Adam Reynolds. He was injured at training. The video didn't look good at all. He had a foot sprain having trodden on a teammate's foot and looked in serious discomfort as he limped off the field there in Brisbane. But we're told that those scans were all clear. And just on an NFL front, for those who missed our update a little bit earlier, two-time MVP Patrick Mahomes helped Kansas City to a six-straight AFC Championship game as the Chiefs. It's been a big edition of the Big Sports Breakfast, but we've got plenty more good shows coming your way, including one with Steve Hewlett, who joins us on the line from up north. Steve, what have you got coming up? Uh, I can let you know that Maddie Smith's going to join me at the start just to get an update on Bita Snotches and also Ethel Flair. Gee, she's going to be a good stayer in the future after her excellent performance in the VRC Oaks when she ran second to Zardozzi. So Matthew Smith will join me. Also, Madison Sears, we're pretty excited in Queensland that uh, a Toowoomba youngster, two-year-old, Bo Dazzler, is heading over to New Zealand to race in a million-dollar race on the weekend at Caracas. That's uh, going to be massive, that meeting. Uh, in the twilight zone, you know, you've got James McDonald there, Jamie Carr, Robbie Dolan and... You know, of course, Blake Shin rides that good filly, Molly Bloom. It'll be really big. So hopefully uh, we'll find out how Bo Dazzler's settled in there in New Zealand with Madison Sears. Roger James, he's got another good filly on his hands that won a feature last weekend on on uh, Wellington Cup Day. He will join me. And I don't think Prowess is re- may not be retired. Uh, is the news coming through? I heard from Roger chatting off air this morning. So Roger James. And also we'll get an update on uh, Antino, one of Queensland's best gallopers this morning. We'll hear from Tony Golden as well. So lots of news. Yeah, I love that news in regards to prowess. I certainly hope that's the case. So talent, no doubt. And how about the Kiwi stocks at the moment? They just have champs everywhere you look. And they invaded us in the autumn. They did so again in the spring. And I'm sure they will throughout the course of 2024 as well. So Steve's got a big show coming up. Dave Stanley joins us too. What have you got ahead of us? Benny, good morning to you. I've got uh, Tom Charlton, Richard Callender, David Payne, Matt Smith, uh, Sarah, Sarah Ryan and Brett Devine. So that's going to be our hour of power. I need you to get to the bottom of this. We briefly discussed it yesterday, but when Richie comes on, please discuss the golf, the golf at yeah. length. I need to know how it happened. Have we got any vision? I'm going to get some today. I don't care. We would have he to. Won't, he won't care if I put it. Mate, it's honestly, he's nearly killed someone. He, it, the, the ball has gone into the crowd, yeah. onto the track at Canterbury. They had to delay the races to find the golf ball. It had what was it? Driving range set up, was it? What would you call it? So it's the net with the the range finder behind the net. And to, what, to... he's just missed the net completely? Mate, he's just missed it completely. I, I, that's why I've got to get the vision. <laughs> It'd be three by three, the net, yeah. and it would be a metre and a half from the tee. Yeah. Unmissable, in other words. Unmissable. Yeah. I think the, the most funniest thing, Pup and Loz, is the bloke prides himself on golf. Yeah. Like he, One thing I've learned about Marla, when I first, when I first met Luke, we both had moved <laughs> down from Queensland, and he was right into his surfing. I think he was might have been seeing a... a, a a lady that was obviously into Surfer. surfing. So, but Marlow wasn't the type to go to cash converters and get the longboard. He went and got the grouse fish. Yeah, he yeah. had the latest wetsuit, wetsuit, big steamer. He was, you know, 
waxing the board. Yeah. He whatever he does, he does hundred and fifty percent. He's quite sporty though, Marlo, isn't he? He is. Like he's he tries all sports. Tries them all. Like I don't try any. He tries them all. It's good. It's a good, get, good yin and yang. No idea. He wants good to get in the ring. But he, he with the golf when he started golf. So I remember we played a game and I play army golf, left, right, left, right. Yeah. And he played. He had a bit of success. And then next week when we played, next minute. He's got the grouse, clubs. the brand new bag and everything. I'm just, I'm sorry, mate. I'm just all... Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> you know, the amount. <laughs> sorry about that, mate. Good to see you again. For listeners out there. That was a huge one, too. Dave oh, just dropped the build-up. Anyway, so there. Uh, more importantly, because I like... I, we're probably bashing Marlo here, but he actually has an important job today. Oh. So I don't know if you've seen on social media, but there's a horse called Super Vogue. Going to Ke- uh, I was going to say Kembla, going to Queen Beanne today. Now it's trained by the Hawks team at Rose Hill. This horse started at Rose Hill with them, yep. went to North Queensland, and now it's back in Rose Hill. I'm not sure of the race number off the top of my head, Benny, but Tommy Berry is going to ride this horse today at Queen Beanne. One ride on a Tuesday, which is not really heard of. Luke's driving him, so Luke's his driver today. He's driving. Under duress. Under duress. So does Luke part owner? No, he's just driving him to Queen Bean. I don't know if Luke's calling the... I don't know what's happening. Luke sent a tweet out is Luke... and essentially said, if this gets 500 likes, I'll drive him to Queen Bean. Oh, I didn't know this. So there's anyway, a bit of a... Right. so it's erupted on Twitter oh or X, God. whatever it's called. Yeah. It got to oh. 700 within 10 minutes. So Tommy Berry driving. said, thanks very much, mate. See you at 9am. Don't be late. So Luke's driving. So Super <laughs> Vogue today... Super Vogue, right here. ...goes around just... at Queen Bean today... I think it's in one of the later races. Um, I hope they don't stop at Mitchell or anything on the way. Like they've got to get to the track. So, super what? Super super Vogue. Super Vogue. Super yep, Vogue. It's in the last. It's the last race. Race seven number Gee, nine, nine o'clock. Why are they going at nine o'clock? Maybe <laughs> they are doing a few detours. It's even money as well. <laughs> so two twenty into two dollars already. If you're keen to have a bet, okay. you know it should be in the race book. Jockey T. Berry, trainer M.W. and Jay Hawks, driver, driver. L. Marler. There is also that vision, speaking of drivers, if you check out the TAB website, actually, Loz, I don't know if you've seen this, if you can pull up the Sky Racing Facebook, there's a poor driver yesterday who's in the spider, right, of the harness race. I'll pull it up on my phone, boys, just quickly. And he's going to win the race. He's going to win the race, and the spider splits in half, Oh. He's okay, horse yeah. is okay, but he hits the sand. So was it the no. seat or the sulky that split in half? It was hard to... It was, the, it was the sulky. The sulky split in half. So here it is here. You can see it's out in front. Yeah. And I suggest everyone jump on the Sky Racing Facebook page. Oh, no. And the sulky just splits. You shouldn't laugh, should you? Oh, you shouldn't laugh. mate. You shouldn't laugh. But home, it is, it's Australian sure. of us to laugh. It's very, it's an, it's an Aussie thing to laugh. But he is okay. The horse He's is okay. okay. That's the main thing. So when you get hit so that's on our Facebook That's on our Facebook page of Sky. <laughs> what a way to do you. What a way to do you cash, though. You're in, imagine that. You've had your last. That's just another last way of, the day, of doing your money. Another way. You know, another hey, way. hot take. Hot take. I reckon the horse from last wins anyway. I reckon it was going straight past it. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, in, the, in that no race? Way. In that race. He was home for really? sure. No, no, no. no the horse down the outside. Me being anyway. a horsing expert. What, the thing mate, that's five off them? Oh. Mate, the thing that was in front that had the crash was winning for sure. That was winning. 
home v- by VS, a mile. You're watching the replay. Oh, I am actually. That does finish off good. The no ten. No way. That's the versatility of Benny. Loves a punt. He would have been <laughs> probably watching that race live. I was invested. <laughs> have a good day, gentlemen. See Thanks you, very much. Chat, chat again tomorrow, DS. Thanks very much, everybody, to listening to the Big Sports Breakfast. We'll see you tomorrow.